Greetings, fellow travelers. Welcome to the Nintendo 64th level of the RPG oh, cave. Oh. I'm the level 99 human archmage Ryan Turford, and I'm joined, as always, by the level 99 elf medic, Mr. Garrett Bland. Garrett, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Monday evening? We took, you know, kind of like a week off last week, so uh, yes, we I hope did. your long weekend was Love well, and break. I hope you're doing well, my friend. Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, wow, you, you you waited for that one, Nintendo 64. I like it. That's a good one. That's, uh, that's it popped really into my one. brain as soon as I was started setting up, you know, the 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 live stream today, Garrett. That I was like, oh yeah, this is yeah. the sixty fourth episode, so it has to be 64. the Nintendo sixty fourth episode because you know here on the RPG Cave, of course, we celebrate the Nintendo sixty four all the time. The console that had exactly two RPGs on it, two, <laughs> just oh, wait. two. Oh, I guess Paper Mario counts, so technically three, I guess. It's like yeah, okay, you, so you had Quest sixty four. And then you had um, the Paper Mario, and then you had uh, Tactics Ogre 64. Those are the three. And, then, and that's pretty much it. You're pretty much done. It's just all RPGs sports games and Nintendo first-party games and multiplayer you, games. You know, you go from SNES, all these RPGs in there, and then boom, yeah. 64 just kind of... Well, it's because none of the, none of the Japanese the manufacturers wanted to work on cartridges. Like, that was that was the, the oh, problem right there. Like, everyone wanted sense. to work on the CDs. And, and, you know, Kevin Ainsworth says in the chat, you know, what it lacked in RPGs, it made up for in Banjo-Kazooie. That would be true if Banjo-Kazooie was a good game. But I think we oh, on the RPG came have acknowledged already wow. on previously That's that Banjo-Kazooie is in fact just an okay game. But, we're already on fire here. I mean, oh, by the way, I got, got my updated booster. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice. Is that, is that number yeah. three or number four? Is there a fourth booster? I, it's, it, this is the, uh, well, the it's the second out. booster, third shot. Okay. Oh no, wait, fourth shot because I have Pfizer all the way down. Okay. I I am I'm super vaxxed now. Like the Omicron can't get me. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually I'm like waiting until like October or November because like here in Canada, the the fourth shot is not like super readily available to people yet. Yeah. Um. So hopefully, you know, in the next month or two, I'll probably be able to be join you in like the fourth the fourth shot club the second booster club yeah very exciting yeah. sounds uh, good sounds yeah good. but uh before you end the show number one if you're watching the live stream right now i just wanted to give you a heads up that tomorrow is going to be a very busy day here on carpool gaming uh, yes. we got the nintendo direct we've got a, a episode of nintendo drive later in the evening with with sean and a possible guest uh and then we also, like, also got the playstation drive doing uh, a playstation state of play reacts and an episode of the places you drive tomorrow. So you're going to want to stay tuned to our channel all day tomorrow. It's Carpool like gaming. E3. <laughs> it is pretty much. I can't believe Nintendo and Sony d decided to announce their showcase on the same day. Like that's kind it's of like, oh, yeah, a random Tuesday, you know, September 13th. Yeah. Who would have thunk? In know, fact, all of these shows. In fact, uh, I think, you know, we t I, I joked about this in the discord, but I think, you know, we haven't talked about this, but maybe next week might end up being like an RPG news break episode of this show rather than that's true a normal show because who knows there could it sounds like that we could be getting a lot could of cool be so stuff. many <laughs> but that's all in the future that's future ryan and garrett's problem uh right now of course, of course if you want to support the show there's a number of awesome ways to do that number one if you're watching the live stream write me out over at youtube.com slash carpool gaming or if you're watching the video on demand later don't forget to like the video subscribe to the channel ding 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 ring that notification bell to be notified whenever we go live with our news videos or let us know in the comments below some of your 
favorite RPG spinoffs, we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're listening on audio feeds, don't forget to subscribe there as well. Or, you know, rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or listening on those platforms. Also, if you want this show or some of those shows a little bit early, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. There's a little tip in the old tip jar and out Tom's content, um, including a bunch of exclusive content coming out soon, um, including a new episode of the Yindi Capri podcast where Sean and I talked about feelings Ooh. a lot. So oh, you can go, you can go listen. So you can go emotional. listen to that episode. But yeah, we got so uh, we we got into the weeds uh, with some feelings on that one. And then last but not least, if you want an RPG Cave T-shirt or any other carpool gaming merch, head on over to our merch store, bit.ly slash CPG merch. Well, without further ado, because we've got the people waiting long enough, Garrett. It's time for us to read from the sacred texts um, because I think we got a good topic this week because I wanted to, I was yeah, thinking about the idea of like, how do we celebrate, you know, Soul Hackers 2 coming out uh, at the end of last month, Garrett, because, you know, we, we've already done a Shin Megami Tensei episode. Um, so it, it wouldn't make sense to do another one. And I mean, the Soul Hacker series isn't even big enough to really do like as whole Soul Hacker specific episode, but right. it got me off on, on the tangent of, you know, what are some of the best RPG spinoffs of all time? Because Soul Hackers obviously is a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensei series. And uh, if you listened to my review earlier this week, um, it's a pretty darn good game as well. So it's another good game cool. in that franchise. A really good spinoff. Again, not going to be a, a game I kind of list off tonight, but I want to give it a special shout out because we're, we're kind of celebrating it a little bit. So we're going to go back and forth and talk about some of our favorite RPG spinoffs of all time. And then, likewise, we also pulled the audience as well. So a lot of y'all let us know what some of your favorite spinoffs are of all time. And we're going to get into some of those in a little bit. But first of all, you know, I think, Garrett, we should probably define what an RPG spinoff is. Because, you know, my definition of an RPG spinoff can be twofold, or at least to count for kind of to next episode. Either A, a game from an RPG series that has spun off to do something completely different, whereas to tell it's, sure. it's telling the story from a different character's perspective or it changes genres or some kind of, you know, different take on an RPG. And likewise, mm-hmm. I think the, the tonight's mm-hmm. list also qualifies games that are RPGs that are spinoffs of other franchises. Um, and we'll get to some of those maybe in a little bit as well. But uh, although I think it's going to be a fun night tonight. Also, I just got to give my my brother Kyle a huge shout out from from last week's episode for filling in for oh, Garrett. Yeah. It was his first podcast editor ever. And I think he did a pretty really? darn wow. good job talking about Lunar with me. We did it in person in the living room, like right over there. So <laughs> you can go, you That's can go, cool, man. go back and listen to that episode, y'all, if you haven't had a chance to go listen to it. But huge shout out to him for for joining me on the holiday weekend last weekend. But. Garrett, now that I'm kind of out of breath because yes. I've said just about everything, uh, let's oh, start us off. Everything. I want you to start talking to me about, you know, some of your favorite RPG spinoffs of all time. We'll kind of go back and forth on this one. Yeah, 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 that sounds good. So I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this motion rounds like, you know, there's a lot of RPGs I've played. What are spinoffs? And like, I think I've mentioned some RPGs that were spinoffs mm-hmm. previously. And I I think I've like shine a lot of light on certain of those games. So I want to kind of just go through some other big spinoff RPGs that I'm really into. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, one cheap shot would be 
just the Persona series in general. So guys, yep. Persona series kind of like off limit. Like that's a mainline series. We did a like whole now. episode like, talking about Persona 2. And then in that episode, yeah. we talked about, you know, how it branched off from Shin Megami Tensei. So you're right. We probably don't need to talk about Persona. It wasn't on my list either. But I do have another yeah, yeah, Shin Megami Tensei spinoff on my list at some point. But again, more on that later. Great. Well, I just want to get this one out of the list because it is a Persona game, but it's definitely a spinoff. Um, I, I actually love the spinoff games for, from the Persona series. I love the Persona Q series. I love the per, Persona dancing games. Those are I love the heavy rhythm game going on, especially on the Vita. It's it's very intuitive where the circles coming out and it's going straight to your buttons um mm-hmm. i planned that it was super cool uh but the game i want to shout out is persona strikers Ooh. um because uh that is the first kind of koei tecmo game that kind of well released from the persona series like kind of ripped off from it i think they're gonna do more uh later on just because the way that koei tecmo does with their muso like games and like kind of copying the like the certain series or rpg series or whatever really well like they do a very good job of like hey this is a muso game but has a lot of elements coming from all of of the series that it's adopting from so persona strikers does the same thing and i think people i don't know i think people are kind of mixed with this one Mm -hmm. um i tended to be more on the positive side just because i think it adds so much value to persona 5 in general, the universe. Mm-hmm. I think it was a pretty, like, pretty good storyline. I was tearing up at the end of the story. Um, lot, added a great line of new characters in there and had some, um, kind of some twists in there for sure. Nowhere near level as Persona Five, I would say, but it's still um, probably one of the better storylines out of an RPG series. Yeah. Um, I like the hack and slash of it. I really do enjoy um, the rhythm of it compared to other Kui Tecmo games. I, I don't know. I can't really get into them as mm-hmm. much, especially the general Dynasty Warriors type of aspect. It's just, oh, let me slash everything and go for it. No, this does a pretty good job of like, hey, you can stand still and like do your turn-based t- uh, tactic battle type of things with your uh, characters. You can like rotate pretty easily between all of the characters as well. There's weapons you can upgrade. There's elemental attacks and there's like weak and strong versus certain monsters uh, that come after you. I think they did a really good job um, with this spinoff overall. I just think it was a little bit long in the tooth. I think everyone thinks that as well, where Persona 5, I think it's fine just because it is made like that. That's the framework for persona it's meant to be long whereas i don't think a muso game is meant to be too long as much as persona uh strikers so i would say if they make another one let's say for persona three or four even i would say hey just cut it maybe half like you literally just cut it in half it'll be (laughs) fine you can sell it for sixty dollars you'll be completely fine yeah, it's well, okay. I mean, they seem to be um, able to sell all the other Muso games for sixty dollars and have them be half the size and have no problem with it. Exactly. So I don't see why they couldn't for so. Persona either. Like, I'm in the same yeah. boat as you with you know Strikers, Garrett. Like, I I liked it and I really liked the story, but man, like the combat, I just don't think you and I agree on that one because I did. Oh, okay. I thought it was okay, and I definitely thought it was more you know intriguing than most Muso games. 
But man, it just got really repetitive and the boss fights in particular just felt like super sluggish and like difficult like just more they just felt annoying to to play because you you're just kind of just you know chipping away at the life bar and and it's just Mm -hmm. it just killed kind of the pacing for me um whereas again like i like the general combat when you're on the maps and stuff like that but just when you're with the bosses and i think compounded with the length you just kind of turned me off from that game a little bit but you're definitely definitely right about the story i think like if they did the store the same story with a turn-based game then I i think we would have been talking about strikers being you know, almost as good as Persona 5 as, as far as the game is concerned, because I think uh, to your point with the the length of the story it would have probably worked better with a with a turn based game, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, but yeah, I, to your point, you know, Persona's got a lot of great spinoffs like the dancing spinoffs. I love as well. Like all three of those games are, are awesome. If you so all have never played them and you like rhythm games, I, I think they're fantastic pickups. Um, and then, of, of course, uh, Persona Q as well if you like dungeon yep. crawling games i mean it's definitely one of the best ones out there so you got you got a lot of good choices when it comes to persona specific spin-offs but garrett sure. i'm gonna i'm gonna take things full circle here and go back to shin full megami circle. tensei to give you you know my favorite shin megami tensei spin-off and it's not the persona series although to be fair like i kind of think of Persona is kind of its own thing at this point, but I'm going to give right. it a shout out. And I think I've talked about this a teeny bit on another show before, uh, but Shimigami Tensei Digital Devil Saga on PlayStation right. 2. Uh, these were two games kind of released back to back. And it's kind of it's kind of like Golden Sun in a way where they're, they're pretty much just one game that was split up into two parts just for the sake of selling you the, like two different copies of the game rather than putting into one like 80 hour experience. They had they they like each of the games is isn't super long or anything like that but mm-hmm. the 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 hook in this game is you know how normally in the shimigami tensei games how you're usually you know recruiting monsters to your party and kind of capturing them yeah. well in this game what ends up happening is um your characters are brought into this like digital universe and you transform into the monsters yourselves so and each of the the characters in your party has like a specific monster that they're bonded with and they like have these transformations as you go through the battle um but for the most part the combat's pretty similar to you know something like persona 4 in a lot of ways where um you still have your magic attacks and your your it's still turn-based you're still actually navigating the dungeon very similarly to the dungeons themselves similarly to the palaces in persona 4 um and you have like a time Mm -hmm. limit associated with each one it just like persona four um it doesn't have like the day-to-day kind of thing from from the persona series but it, it borrows a lot of elements per, from persona it kind of fuses them with a lot more shimigami tensei to have this like really interesting formula and it's different from any of the other shimigami tensei games and they've only really done this done this once with this one series and they never made yeah. you know any of the any of the other games in uh, like in this style ever again so um i think these games are really good and kind of underrated P- ps2 games in particular um and i think they're they're really solid games uh if you've never played them before and you like shimigami tensei um, i think it's actually a refreshing take on the formula and the story and the characters are great as well just from what you would expect from a shimigami tensei game i don't need to really you know dive into that too much because i mean y'all probably know the pedigree at this point that all their stories are really good, I think. So Digital Devil Saga, I got to give a shout out to that. I think those games, both one and two, are fantastic. And if you're a PS2 collector and you don't have them yet, I would I would encourage you all to check them out. So there you go. Sounds good. 
It looks like he had a pretty high ranking. I yeah. I, I remember you mentioning this one, and I was surprised this was not on 3DS because I feel like everything was ported mm-hmm. to 3DS. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> very surprised that the only the only re-release of these was on PS3 backwards compatibility uh, on the PlayStation 3 store. You could buy them as PS2 classics. Wow. Which yeah. uh, which then they never brought over to PS4 because they brought some of those games over, but not all of them, um, including Persona right. 3 and Persona 4 were in kind of in the same boat, too. Um, so they've just been stranded on PS2 this whole time. They, they've hmm. never been re-released anywhere else. So do you think it would be transferred over eventually in the classics? I don't know. Premium PSN line. That would be cool if if Atlas played ball a little bit with yeah. these games. Actually, like. It would make those games in particular would make the most sense to do that with like any of the games that are already on PS3 as PS2 classics to then bring them over to, you know, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 via PlayStation Plus. Like out of all the PS2 games to come, I think those are the most obvious ones because, you know, they've Mm -hmm. already done the porting job. They just need to recode it to work for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Cool. Yeah, I can imagine being Japanese exclusive because apparently all the cool uh japanese games are only japanese exclusive according to nintendo switch online of course of course but (laughs) of course to be fair the playstation 3 store was like that for a lot of stuff but atlas stuff specifically it's actually pretty good for that because like the devil summoner games are there too and those games are like like 800 bucks if you want the ps2 copies of them or or you can buy them for ten dollars on the playstation 3 store and play them on your PlayStation 3 <laughs> at this point. So, nice. yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But uh, and, and of course, you know, you got to play those to, to know what happens in Soul Hackers too, Garrett, because they're part of the same series. So <laughs> just throwing it out there. But yeah, I hope wow. Digital Devil Saga comes back at some point, you know, whether it is some kind of re-release uh, package, like a dual pack or if they just release it on PlayStation Plus at some point. But I mean, these are really good games that were reviewed well, but just a lot of people have just forgotten about in the Shimigami mm. Tensei series and i think we talked I about see them, them porting to pc yeah more or more or less yeah yeah on steam they've oh, yeah. been in growing interest in in the steam business so yeah you, you don't say great. gary it's almost like you've got you know a whole bunch of steam stuff going on over there it's steamy over i, I go yes yeah, steamy definitely <laughs> good god it's all right get us out of this garrett what's next <laughs> climbing out of this hole all right let's talk about pokemon ryan there's so many good Pokemon um, spinoffs, but I'll go ahead and let you There's talk about so this. many um, great ones. And I think I mentioned some, including like Pokemon Pinball mm-hmm. the, via the GBA. That, that was one of my first spinoffs I've, I've played from the Pokemon series. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. It depends if you're into that type of stuff, like dungeon crawling. It's a very classic dungeon crawler with the Pokemon spin. So that, that was kind of cool um pokemon ranger that was another one where you kind of i don't know if you remember this one but you're on the ds and you're kind of like wrapping around a pokemon with like a little rope mm-hmm. and like i remember just as as a kid just like in middle school just wrapping around the bottom screen like this like crazy um i played i i actually beat both of those games i really like pokemon ranger uh, pokemon conquest is another big one that that one of the later ones in 2012 but what i'm gonna mention and I don't think much people know this about Pokemon. I think I think Pokemon fans do, but not like general like gamers like us. Um, Pokemon uh, Coliseum. That's uh, there are two games in the GameCube. 
mm-hmm. Pokemon Coliseum, and then Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. Um, and they were both made um, by one developer. I forgot the exact, but I think it's Genius Sonority. Okay. And they're actually making a Pokemon Cafe Mix, Pokemon, uh, like like these mobile side games now. Of course they are. Uh, but <laughs> Yes, of course. But they, they used to develop both of these games. So Pokemon Coliseum, I'll just start with Coliseum. Um, the premise is that you have a, it's it's not like you're going out in the wild and you're like catching Pokemon per se and going off on an adventure. It's more like there are dark Pokemon out there um, in, in like the whatever that universe is. And then you have to capture those specific dark Pokemon in order to purify them. And then once you purify them, you can put it in your party and you can play them. Um, there's certain conditions that kind of restrict the, uh, for you to play with them if they're in a dark mode or whatever. Um, but it's certainly a different way to play Pokemon than it was uh, in, in the games, in the mainline games. Um, what I really enjoyed about these games specifically, well, one, they were on GameCube, so I was able to play it on the big screen. Yeah, <laughs> it was which was a novelty cool. back then because they it like, was that a was that was really because like you know we had Pokemon Stadium on N sixty four, which you know you had to have like the Game Boy link up to it to in order to really play that game because you'd have to transfer monsters over to it. Um, but so like those two games like Coliseum and then Gale of Darkness were like the first time you could really have like a standalone Pokemon experience yeah. on your TV. That's not the traditional Pokemon style, but, you know, different to your point, Garrett. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was basically the premise. And then you just go through the storyline. The storyline was actually pretty good. I really liked the animations behind this game. They were actually like, I mean, pretty like like. For its time, pretty detailed, pretty nice to see. Um, I I had a lot of motivation going through these games and capturing all the dark Pokemon and making sure that they're purified. Um, I think Gale of Darkness was a great um, like sequel to the first one. I think the first one was a little restrictive, and I understood that. Um, but Gale of Darkness, uh, way 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 better. I think mm-hmm. a, lo- a lot more freedom uh, w- with uh, exploring and going around. There was a lot more Pokemon to catch, but nowhere near as the mainline Pokemon games. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked how it was on already existing Pokemon. I didn't have to worry about learning new ones. And it was just going through the story and then facing off trainers, essentially. Like, y- you don't go out in the wild and capture Pokemon. You go through a story and you capture specific pokemon yeah it's not in, it's in not like option. a like an open world mm-hmm. kind of pokemon rpg it's very it's not different it's more streamlined i think I mean, definitely streamlined but i i really enjoyed them um loose price right now they're around 100 bucks um, yeah so uh well that's that's conservative you, if you go up to price that's charting, conservative yeah if you go over to price charting they have the loose price listed for 141 dollars and then the complete oh, box you price you've got you're up to uh, about two hundred dollars, and then brand new in the it's like sealed. We're looking at it about eight hundred bucks for it. So, yeah, it's an, it's getting up Ooh. there. It's climbing in price like every day. Like it's not it's not getting any cheaper. It's becoming more expensive. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty the expensive now. I remember selling them for like 
40 bucks to Amazon back in 2013. I was like, oh, I'm done with these GameCube games. I yeah. don't need them anymore. I need I need more games for my Xbox 360 and my upcoming PS4. That's that's what I wanted. Nope. <laughs> you, I can't believe I did You that. see this, Garrett, but literally I sold my entire GameCube and Xbox collection to buy an Xbox 360 and five games at launch. Oh, my Because I bought an Xbox 360 at launch and I sold all of them, everything, including my consoles to GameStop like a dumb dumb. <laughs> it's like, like I kept every, my PlayStation 2. Like everyone has that. Like yeah. everyone made that mistake. Well, and now I, they're paying the price. We we got tempted into it, Garrett. We got tempted into it by, you know, the new hardware and the fact that at the time, you know, I was kind of between jobs and stuff. And I was like, well, I really want the yeah. 360. Um, and I really want to play, you know, Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game in the movie. So clearly I needed to go mm. out and sell my Game Boy Advance player and all my GameCube games and all my Game Boy Advance games. Oh, that happened. And my sorry. original Xbox games. <laughs> You're slowly games. getting it back now, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I've got a lot of it back. But GameCube games in particular is like, it's so hard to get back because they are like, ever since the, ever expensive. since 2020 happened, like GameCube games are like stupidly expensive now. They all are at this point. Um, except yeah. for the most common ones like Metroid Prime. And even that's getting up there too. Like that's starting to get to like the $50 range, which again, doesn't sound like much, but you know, a year or two ago, you could get a copy of Metroid Prime for like $10. So like that's the, crazy. even the more common stuff for GameCube is really starting to get to pick up. But Garrett, I'm glad you brought up Pokemon spinoffs and I, and you glanced over one of the ones that's actually on my oh, list. You, okay. you kind of skipped over. You're Great. like, oh, that game was okay. It was pretty good. Uh, and that game, of course, on my list is the weirdest fusion of two franchises. Yes. And that being Pokemon Conquest, because yes. I, I, I don't know if you do this, Garrett, but I love Pokemon Conquest on the Nintendo DS. Yeah. It kind of, you know, mashes together like the Koei Tecmo Nobunaga's Ambition franchise with Pokemon into this like strategy RPG. And it's awesome. Like, I love that game a lot. Like, I, I love, you know, getting my, you know, weird, you know, ancient Japanese, you know, historical figures, you know, hanging out with Bulbasaur and Squirtle and just taking on crazy? Any, any units together, which, again, you know, sounds crazy on paper, but it, I don't know. It just turned out to be this really awesome tactical role playing game. And I just I just mm -hmm. sunk so many hours into it on the Nintendo DS and really, really enjoyed it. There was also an online mode too, as well, um, that you could get into as well if you wanted to play against other people. Um, but I, I, I really like Conquest a lot. It's another game too that's like we could have even talked about on the Forgotten RPGs episode because it's like a game that people just forget. Really they, they like blanked it out of their minds. They forget, pretend this game doesn't exist, but it existed. And I would love, I would, I wish like they were crazy enough to do something like this again because I think they would be Me too. cool. Also, That'd like, be really cool. Also, I would like to see more like Pokemon tactical role playing games like that. Like it was a winning formula here. Like, they And they've never gone back and done that again. So like that's something I wish they would go do. But Pokemon Conquest was uh, the other one I had to give the shout out to on my list. Um, and also, you know, sticking with Pokemon and Garrett, I don't know if this is on your list. Probably not. But, you know, po Pokemon Snap also probably, you know, one of the oh, best. Oh, yeah, known. great one really good you know pokemon spinoff as well we had i have to at least give it a shadow on on the, the pokemon things but of course we know there's like a bajillion bad pokemon spinoffs too like pokemon channel or hey you pikachu oh, no. or no, like no, no, a, no. a lot of that pokemon. stuff that i don't even like the detective pikachu as much i think 
maybe it's for a certain crowd, but yeah. it, it's not. I, I wouldn't think that like a majority of Pokemon people would be into uh, that certain type of game. But anyways, yeah, mm-hmm. Pokemon Conquest, pretty great. Um, I only learned about it much later, though. Yeah. Like I was like maybe 2017. I'm like, wait, that was a game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I had to get it and, and got into it. So, yeah, I remember Super just fun. a lot of people passed it by when it came out because they were like, what? It's, it's Nobunaka and Pokemon. Like, why would I buy this? Why would I be interested in this? And, and yeah. maybe that's why we never saw another one, because I just don't I don't think it sold very well. So. Um, that's that another game too for D as far as DS games go. I think that's a game that's going to climb in price at some point soon. So it might be keeping worth keeping your eye on if you're oh, interested in checking that out. Cause of course we have to at least mention that with some of these games we're going to talk about tonight too, Garrett, cause there's going to be some expensive stuff that we talk about. But anyways, I kind of wrap those two together, you know, Pokemon sap, cool. Pokemon conquest is kind of my goal, cool. my, uh, my second one. So Garrett hit me with something new. What yes. do you got? Uh, all right, let's talk about some Dragon Quest. There's some great Dragon Quest spinoffs, but one that I particularly got into more than the mainline games. Yeah. That is Dragon Quest Builders. Man, oh man. I love these sets of games. Um, so Dragon Quest Builders, for people who don't know, it's kind of like a, I wouldn't say a Minecraft ripoff. It is a Minecraft kind of uh, it's a, revision. It's a Minecraft-like, it it's like, dra- what I would say. Yeah, a Minecraft-like uh, with a Dragon Quest spin. Uh, for sure, you are the creator. You are the builder in a third-person mode type of deal. It has that great art, that great Dragon Quest art. And I would say I, I love the structure of Dragon Quest Builders where you're going out into the world. It kind of, it, it looks like Minecraft, right? It has, <laughs> it's blocky and has that certain vibe to it. Um, but then you go through the story and like, okay, you need to lay out blueprints um, to build off your settlements. And then so what do you need? You need certain materials. So you go out, harvest your materials, you come back and you build off of that and and build your houses and build your stores. And so what you're doing is you're kind of just building your settlement from the ground up. And then from there, you're increasing like, you know, more options to get weapons or potions or armor or more quests or more villagers to join your settlement. Um, it's interesting how they, they broke it into chapters too, where there's, you get into a certain area and then you go to another area like for a second chapter. Um, but it just follows a storyline. Um, and then you face uh, monsters in an action role playing like way where you kind of hack and slash just these monsters. Pretty simple. Um, but overall, it's a cute little um, role playing game um, and it, it's pretty sizable. Uh, length it's out on switch and ps4 i think it was on game pass at one point right yeah i, I don't i, I don't think it still is too. but i know i know yeah. it was because i think they announced it last year at tokyo game show that it was going to be on game pass um yeah. just like scarlet yeah. nexus and, and got the, yeah, the files on they came at the same time i think cool yeah got it got it and then i got the original one on vita and that's how i got hooked uh, with the Dragon Quest Builders. Anyways, super cute game. I think that's the one set of Dragon Quest games that would get me into the mainline ones. Like, okay, if I wrap these up, then I'll go into like Dragon Quest um, 11 or whatever. Yeah. Um, that'll probably be the next one I'll try out. I I know everyone's saying it's super long and classic, but I feel like it's the most 
modern it, one too. It's fun. It's only like <laughs> eighty recently. or ninety hours, Garrett. And, and the thing about Dragon Jesus Quest that you need to know is that you know Dragon Quest One plays almost identically to Dragon Quest Eleven. So just, wow. be, just be aware that no, not, even though it's the newest one, not much has changed to the point. Like there's a reason why there's a 2D mode, like an NES style mode. There in is that a game 2D mode for yeah. for Dragon Quest 11. There's a reason why that's in there. It's because the game plays cool, pretty much unchanged from the, the previous one, besides the ability to like ride a horse and do a few other things. For the most part, it's right. pretty much the same kind of game. So it's just funny to think about. But yeah, I mean, Dragon Quest Builders, I knew it was one we were going to have to talk about on here. I mean, it's in the title, for God's sake. So, of course, we had to at least talk about it a little bit. But yeah, I, it's one of those games where, like, I just didn't really get into it because that's really not my style of game. But I can see the appeal. Like, I, I can tell mm-hmm. I could tell from playing it on Game Pass that, you know, the quality was there. And it seemed like it had like a fun gameplay loop if you're into that type of game. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't really personally get into it but i'm, I'm glad we included it here because i do think that's definitely a good spinoff and definitely probably the best dragon quest spinoff and there's a bunch of them as well uh, and again we'll actually get to one from our listener suggestions because we do have one about that um but even you've got you know something like dragon quest heroes which is the the, the muso oh, style dragon quest games they're mm-hmm. not bad either so see i really liked minecraft um in high school and into college in like earlier Minecraft kind of versions. Mm-hmm. I really building stuff in Minecraft and like the circuitry and everything and the freedom of it. And I really enjoyed the Dragon Quest builders did a very good job of just grabbing those mechanics and just but fixing it in a contained, structured role playing game type of game right and like it has blueprints it has quest lines it's something that you won't see in minecraft but it it grabbed like a lot of great parts Mm -hmm. from there so yeah took like a lot of the best elements from minecraft and took like left a lot of the bad stuff behind which is nice yeah yeah like flying everywhere (laughs) (laughs) exactly all right garrett well as for me you know me i love final fantasy and if there's you one do. series that has like a bajillion spinoff games, it is Final Fantasy as <laughs> a series. And there's so many good choices to choose from. Now, in theory, I could have chosen the game that's on the thumbnail, which is probably the most obvious one, which is Final Fantasy Tactics. Great game, by the way. Final Fantasy Tactics. Yes. Mm, chef's Kiss. The game's amazing. So good that I actually Fantastic. did an actual Chef's Kiss into the microphone to indicate how good that is. <laughs> but... You know, I have to steer it off because I got to give a special shout out to and and kind of the game that I want to talk about in this slot to a game that I hear hardly anyone else talk about besides me, because um, it was on the 3DS and it was a series that I think people just slept on or they were like, why would I ever want to play this? Uh, but that is Theatrhythm Final Fantasy, oh, yeah. which is the Final Fantasy rhythm game. That's also an RPG at the same time. And there's two of them. So there's actually Fiat, Fiat Rhythm Final Fantasy and then Curtain Call Fiat Rhythm Final Fantasy. And Curtain Call was def- is definitely the one that I would actually encourage people to check out if you're interested cool. in it, because it, it, it does ha- add a lot of upgrades to it. It unlocks more characters and it has um, a lot more music in it. But these games are basically rhythm games like the, the Persona games. But then depending on the type of music you're playing, the way you interact with the game is different. So, for mm. example, if you're playing a battle theme, from Final Fantasy, essentially what happens is on the right hand of your screen, you pick four of Final Fantasy heroes from across all of the Final Fantasy games, um, and it goes up to Final Fantasy 14 um, at the time that 
curtain call came out as an example. Um, so you choose four mm-hmm. characters in your party and then each of your characters has like a, a rhythm line associated with it. And then it, mm-hmm. uh, since this is a touch screen game, you tap the screen depending on the area for the character that does an attack. And you'll see like the notes come across for each of the characters at different times. So you'll be kind of, you know, switching between the different characters to do different attacks. Um, And then um, as you progress through the battle, you'll have like different enemies appear on the left-hand side of the screen. And those enemies will be generated based on the music the game is from. So for example, if you're playing the, one of the final fantasy seven battle themes, you'll get Genova or Sephiroth or, one of the other oh, nice. enemies that you fought in Final Fantasy VII yeah. as you play through it and you're basically you're killing the enemies because you're dealing damage to them as you play through it. Or likewise, if you're miss notes, your party members will take damage. And if you take too much damage, you'll start to lose party members. So it makes the game, mm. the, the songs a little bit more difficult. And then in the middle of the songs, too, there's like a limit break section um, where if you nail all the notes, you then do like a summon to summon like Bahamut or one of the other creatures again you can set that in the menu and they're all pulled from all the different final fantasy games to take down different enemies so it's just really really cool um and then you've got the the uh if you pick a field theme so if you um any of the themes that you get from exploring the world um you'll you'll have like a almost like a um like a conductor's wand uh icon yeah. that comes up and it, it basically yeah, as yeah. You, like as the the screen side scrolls to the the right um the line will kind of move up and down and you have to move like the uh the the stylus up and down along with the line to to basically tra- trace the path along the way and then you've oh, got cool. yeah. also these like music videos sections for certain songs as well where if it is for like an important moment in in the games for example they'll have like a, a music video that plays in the background with um the the like cinematics from the game itself as the music plays and then and it kind of plays similar to the battle themes as well so the rhythm again three different styles of play all super fun though. I I really enjoyed the the Fiat Rhythm games a lot. Um, and then they actually tried it a couple years ago with Kingdom Hearts, uh, with Kingdom Hearts uh, Melody of Memories, right. um, which plays yeah. very similar to to those games as well, but it's just on all the other platforms. And they took out all the touchscreen stuff. But um, yeah, I, I like all those games, and it, to the point where like Melody of Memories actually made me care about Kingdom Hearts, and I hate Kingdom Hearts. So I actually I actually like that game a lot. So, yeah, I had to give it a special shout out here because, again, very creative when it comes to Final Fantasy uh, games. And of course, the Final Fantasy games are known for excellent music across the series. So, you know, it would just make sense that they have an excellent rhythm game to go along with that. Nice. Well, that that's a good share. Um, I always seen these games on sale in the mm-hmm. shop and i just never picked them up because i just don't know what they are but now you're telling me what they are if they ever go back on sale again mm-hmm. i do have my nintendo account linked so i can try to pick them up i was gonna say since you time, said you like the the persona dancing games i actually think you'd probably like these a lot so because they again, yeah they feel very similar to play but it obviously with the they play a little bit different than, than those games but still really yeah, fun yeah Cool. I thought you were going to mention that other spinoff Final Fantasy game for a second on the 3DS. You remember Final Fantasy Explorers? Yeah, I remember that, that game, was, too. The, you had that. You also had World of Final Fantasy. You had a whole bunch of World different. of Final Fantasy as well. Yeah, yeah lots of different so. Final Fantasy. Spin-off. There's so many to choose from, if I'm honest. And so I might, many. I might have one for honorable mentions as well, but we'll get to that later. But Garrett, nice. what, what else you got good. for me? 
All right. I think, you know, this one was coming up too. We got to talk about the Monster Hunter series because yep. there's probably, I isn't there only one spinoff series from the Monster Hunter games? And that is Monster Hunter Stories. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure I that's the only so. one. I'm going to Google yeah, it while yeah. you talk about it. Yeah, yeah sounds good. I, they may have a mobile game or something, but yeah, Monster Hunter Stories two, uh, 1 and 2. So 1 came out on the 3DS and 2 just recently came out on the Switch last year. Um, a great set of turn-based um, battling games set in the Monster Hunter universe. Very different than what you see in Pokemon, um, where there's there's a specific way to get these monsters. Um, it's not necessarily you capturing one. You have to like go to its monster den and like grab a huge egg and then bring it back to your village and then let it hatch and, and stuff like that. Each monster has its own attribute. There's like kind of this triangle element going on. You got red, green, and blue. And depending on uh, which um, move you're in, you could be strength or weak versus another. Um, there's also different types of ways of formation with your monster. So I think it's a little bit different between one and two. I just remember two mechanics a little bit more because I played it more recently. You can... Um, have an ultimate attack you can like get on top of the monster as like riding it and then um, do special combos and really great animations for set in monster hunter stories too um but yeah overall great storyline a uh, great game it doesn't run the best on switch but that, no. i mean like only in really in cities it's it's it chugs pretty badly um i think in the middle of two, I was getting a little bit bored, but I picked up at the end um, with the storyline itself. Um, I like the first one a lot because it's just short and contained and mm-hmm. it's just there on the 3DS. It, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, but yeah, um, I really like the style of Monster Hunter Stories um, 2. It, it it blew me away with the animation. It still blows me away. Like I was like, wow, that's the best looking switch game in terms of animations i've seen in a long time um but yeah i i really enjoy these games uh compared i mean like i do enjoy monster hunter rise but i'm not really much into the action role-playing games um at least in the monster hunter series compared to the turn-based stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah great alternative great games yeah i honestly like these are two games i just wish i had more time to play or just got into yeah. more um because i did you know play start playing stories too when it came out you know i got maybe like 10 hours into it and i put it down because i had you know other stuff to review and i just never had a chance to yeah. get back to it last year um and it's one that I, I regret putting down maybe i get to it at some point but i know we're kind of into you know the busy fall season of uh yes. of 2022 so maybe not this year but at some point i do really want to you know go back to it because i was really enjoying what i was playing of it and i do think you know there's a lot of good points about this game and also to answer your question garrett about uh, are there other monster hunter spinoffs yeah are there? yes but not in north oh. america they're all japan oh, only okay so we got you know okay. two monster hunter mmos um and then you've <laughs> also got they're. this like village builder that came out on psp um and as well there's actually a monster hunter arcade game um that was japan only and then of course uh lots of mobile monster hunter games as well yes well, of course yeah but yeah so okay. lo- but yeah so yeah north to our eyes in north america yes stories would be the only one but there's been a lot more they just never came out here for whatever Got reason it. sounds good great games check them yeah. out two is on pc as well so 
go if if you're worried about graphics and fidelity or whatever just play on pc it, well it it's more along the lines of it. it's not even like making it prettier it's like the frame rate is more the frame rate yeah, concerning yeah, yeah, the than, than the visuals for sure, for sure. but yeah. yeah yeah right that's a good one as well i had monster hunter, Sto- hunter stories on like honorable mentions because i kind of figured you'd talk about it but if you forgot yes. i was going to make sure to at least mention it but yeah definitely, definitely a good one to add here well as for me now garrett would you classify a MOBA as an RPG? Probably not, I would imagine. Because no. it, it has RPG elements, but it's not really an RPG. So this is where we get into I, a couple correct. games I wanted to include that came, that are spinoffs of other series that were, are not necessarily RPGs, but have RPG elements, but then okay. went full on RPG with, cool. with, the, with their spinoff. And the first one I want to talk about is a game that came out last year that I think right, a lot of people yeah. missed out on. And that is the yeah. Ruin King, a League of Legends story. So this is actually, so this is a turn-based RPG in the League of Legends universe that's actually a prequel to the Arcane TV show. And it actually came out around what? the same time as, as the Arcane TV show, because Arcane is also a League of Legends prequel um, right. thing. So uh, it, 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 it takes place with some of the, the characters from League of Legends, and it's almost like this pirate kind of story um, where you're, you're trying to track down some treasure um, and you're fighting a lot of enemies along the way. It's just it's just a really fun turn based role playing game that I was not expecting, because first of all, um, I hate Mobuts and I don't like League of Legends <laughs> at all. But I like I, I think the lore for League of Legends is really interesting. And there is like a lot of people that are just really into it for that reason, where I think like the lore for League of Legends is more interesting than the games themselves. Um, yeah. But Ruin King took what I what I liked about the lore and then put it into a turn-based game. And I'm like, man, if they would have just been doing this all along, I probably would be way more into League of Legends if there were more games like this. Um, so this is mm. a game, this was a, a, like an honorable mention on my personal like game of the year list from last year when we did our you know game of the year showcase. Um, and I enjoyed this game a lot. And this is one that I think just... A lot of people missed out on last year or slept on uh, because I just never hear anyone talk about this game at all. Uh, I think it just got lost in the shuffle with all the games that came out last year. But the Ruin King uh, League of Legends story is fantastic. And honestly, again, it got me way more into League of Legends than I ever thought I would, just like Arcane, the TV show did. And likewise, if you've watched Arcane and, and you liked it and you haven't played this, I mean, go play Ruin King. It's great. How long is it? Like, it's a short game. It's right? a short game. Yeah, you can beat it, beat it in like twenty hours or less, probably. Now, okay, so twenty hours is still well, twenty okay. hours okay, or less. I, I beat it in about fifteen, okay. but like, how long okay. the beat says twenty? So that's what I, that's why I said about fifteen uh, gotcha. to twenty, probably fine. I mean, that's still pretty good. Wow, I, I would have to check it out. I know you've been mentioning about this game, and I really enjoyed Arcane, the show. I am not into MOBAs at all. Yeah. Like I am. I'm anti-MOBA. I'm like actually like against, like I'm against Sonic. I'm against MOBA. Like that's, that's where I stand. With See, the that's the thing. I'm not even against Sonic, but you and I both agree that we're both against MOBAs at this point. Yeah. We're yeah. in the same boat. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now soon I'll just turn you to the Sonic side and you'll be playing Sonic Chronicles, the Dark Brotherhood before you know it, Garen. Oh gosh, no, please. <laughs> it's an RPG, nice. it counts, okay? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. 
Although that's that's another right. good example. I didn't even put it on my list, but that's another good example. That's of a good true. RPG that's spin-off. another spinoff RPG you could have mentioned. Could have mentioned Sonic. stuff. That, but this this episode's called our the best uh, RPG okay. spinoffs, and I don't want I don't want to. I'm not comfortable enough saying Sonic uh, like uh, Chronicles is probably one of the best RPG spinoffs, it. but it's good. But it's good. Good. All right, um, Garrett, you got one more for me. For me. Yeah, you got it? Uh, no, no, that's I. That was my four. I didn't want to put a fifth one to merit any because okay. I, I just didn't have a fifth spinoff game that I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Well, um, but, I'm gonna give yeah. some honorable mentions and kind of you know run through the games that I had on my list that I didn't get through. Number one, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. You know, the PSP right. spinoff of Final Fantasy VII, um, which is an action RPG. We're getting you know the the re-release of it later this year, and it looks awesome. And I really enjoyed the looks original great. game. So got to give a shout out to it here. Uh, Paper Mario, you know, being a spinoff of the Mario series as an RPG. Um, like That's that true. game is incredible. Um, and then Super Mario RPG, you know, the OG got to include that there as well. And then Minecraft Dungeons is the last one that I had oh, yeah. from my list. I think a that's one. a because like a Minecraft in theory, you could argue is like an action RPG. Um, but Minecraft Dungeons just you could. went full RPG in like the action RPG genre and it's great so, dungeon crawling yeah yeah but yeah that's fantastic as well it's so. super cool had to include some of those but let's get to some of the listener suggestions and again we got a lot of these so huge thank you to everyone who submitted your your favorite you know you so rpg spinoffs on the show here we're to start with the muffin mon aka kevin ainsworth who says i just want to give it a special shout out to the recent amazing spinoff fire emblem warriors three hopes it adapted all the elements you love from Three Houses and applied the Warriors format to it. Phenomenal game. Yes, I mean, Kevin, that's one that I didn't put on my list, but absolutely, you're right about that. Like, it did such a better job of representing the Fire Emblem world over the original Fire Emblem Warriors that, you know, it's fantastic. So, glad I need you to play that. it. That, yeah. That's definitely on my Switch list. Um, yeah. I played the demo. I really enjoyed it. It's just, yeah, haven't gotten around to it. Next up, we got uh, Kaboski, who says, I agree on Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Also, does Persona count as a spinoff? If so, I'm adding it to the list and Persona Q. Well, Kaboski, we'll just count Persona Q on the list there. Yes. That's a good that's a good that's a good spinoff. That's, that's a good spinoff. Yes. Yeah. Next up, we got Skycatcher Gaming. And this one actually really surprised me. Uh, my all time favorite RPG spinoff is Fortune Street for the Wii. It is like Monopoly, but way better. It has characters from Dragon Quest and Super Mario Brothers in the game. Garrett, I see you Googling right now. I'm guessing this means you haven't yeah. heard of Fortune Street before. I've never heard of this game. So all. Fortune Street is, to, to Skycatcher huh. Gaming's point, uh, basically like a, a, a Nintendo's version of Monopoly, where it's a digital board game. Okay. And it's kind of a, it's a crossover between Dragon Quest and Mario Brothers. <laughs> I've never thought this would be a thing but it okay yeah no that's dragon quest characters yeah right in there All it right. is you got the is, slime it, it's so <laughs> bizarre and totally out there but it's totally a game that again everyone forgets it existed on the wii this is a big deal hmm. when it came out though people were excited about this garrett they they really wanted to take down that slime and buy up all the hotels and houses i never heard it wow <laughs> there's so many dragon quest characters too yeah like i said it's pretty much a mario and dragon quest crossover game in in a board game no less 
Um, but it's not even fun like Mario Party. So that's the that's the downside to it. It doesn't have any fun mini games. Oh, okay. It is pretty much just like a straight board game, like a digital version of Monopoly. Um, but Skycatcher Gaming says it's so addictive. I could play it for six hours at a time in the chat. Yeah. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I would crazy. probably not play this game. It looks interesting, though, um, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> well, next up, the winner gamer has been activated. He says Pokemon Conquest. And then just leaves it as that. Because he doesn't need to say anything else. Because Pokemon Conquest, as we talked about, is great. Go check it out. It's fantastic. Yeah, go get it. I'm actually kind of surprised that one never came to Wii U Virtual Console for DS games. I kind of wish it did, though, because then I then I could play it on my Wii U and, you know, have a good time with Pokemon Conquest. You give me that look like, why would I play it on Wii U? I don't know. The Wii U, yeah, is, well, the Wii U was good for, for DS games. OK, Fisher Price toy. I, I understand there's so much great stuff on Wii U, but I don't understand why Nintendo hasn't carried that over. Look, it's Switch. just it's the definitive place to play Advance Wars uh, Dual Strike, Garrett. Like that's that's the best place to go play it. <laughs> Clearly, is the Wii U. Well, next up, we got Blaze Knight who says, "I'll give my one spinoff shout out to a Legend of Mana. It's definitely an underrated game in the Mana series. The Mana series as a whole is a spinoff since it started as Final Fantasy Adventures. Although not really, Blaze Knight. I'm going to correct you at least a little bit on that because we talked about this on oh, the Mana episode man. a long time ago last year, where it didn't start off as a Final Fantasy game. It actually started off um, as a completely different series, and I'm blanking on the series at the time. We talked about it on the episode. Was but second? I remember it wasn't Final yeah. Fantasy because, yes, the second... No, it wasn't. The second series in Japan started as something else. Um, but... Uh, or, or actually, I'm, I'm misremembering it because it was Chrono Trigger that was supposed to be a member of the second series and then got sped off into its own thing not the other way second densetsu that's the name right yeah yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay cool. yeah so the second densetsu series in japan just charted out as its own thing and then in north america they thought the second densetsu name wouldn't work so they actually named it final fantasy adventures instead um because they did they did that with a couple of series like this the first saga game that came to game boy advance as well is named like final fantasy something i'm that I'm, I'm blanking on that one too made a quest yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Legend of Mana is a really good one on PS1. Um, it also came to Switch and PlayStation 4. Um, and you're basically like building a town um, while you're then going in and doing all this action RPG quest stuff. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good cool. game as well. But cool. next up, you know, I, I'm very excited for you to get hyped about this one, Garrett, even though you've never played these games before. TPR says, how did you like killing chaos in the the cinematic masterpiece, Stranger of Paradise, Ryan, ready for the DLC? And then I'm going to bring in Awesome Dave 1337 as well, who says my favorite spinoff actually came out this year and it would be Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, Killing Chaos was a blast and I had a ton of fun with the game. Wow. Well. Yeah, not one, but two people saying Final Fantasy Origin, Garrett. That's that's pretty awesome. Again, I talked about it earlier this year. I actually like that game a lot, too, like more than I thought I would. Especially because the story is like super cheesy, but also I just like some of the nods to the older old Final Fantasy games in there. Um, To TPR's question, though, am I ready for the DLC? Because they just announced new DLC this week uh, featuring Gilgamesh, longtime Final Fantasy villain Gilgamesh from Final Fantasy V is going to be in the game. Um, I'm actually pretty psyched for that. So, but I'm, I, I think I'm going to wait to play the DLC until 
the third DLC pack is out. And then I think I'm going to go back and play all three of these because they've had three DLC packs that are coming out for Stranger of Paradise. Got it. So even this more, pass, even more Limp Bizkit kill all the chaos. and killing no. the chaos. Oh man. So, so, You're so gonna have good. a boom box over your shoulder while you slice up Gilgamesh. Just hanging out with happen. Jack Garland and Gilgamesh, you know, having the battle you're, on the bridge. You're gonna hook up your your wired earbuds with an iPod, like yep. right right next to you. I, I, I'm actually ready for them to do like a, a like Limpus get to do a remix of the Battle of the Bridge <laughs> song, which is Gilgamesh's song when you fight him. I'm ready for that, oh, and no. I'm here for that that remix. Okay, oh, no, I'm excited. <laughs> well, next up. Uh, we got Seth Sturgill over on Twitter at $2 Hero. He says, my favorite RPG spinoff is definitely Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime. Super unique oh, okay. gameplay loop and amazingly oozing personality. See what I did there? It's among my top three favorite Nintendo DS games of all time. Full stop. I've never played this game and I don't really know anything Me about neither. it. Me neither. I know it's and a Nintendo DS there's game. There's multiple ones too. It looks like it. Wow. There's actually, um, man, what was it called? Dragon Quest Monsters? That's yeah. another one that's like a catching Pokemon game I wanted to try out. Yeah. Um, looks like this one came out in 2005. Wow. There was a Dragon Quest Heroes like slogan title way before Dragon Quest Heroes was everything. So this is an action adventure game. It's, it's not a role-playing game. It's an action adventure. It's like you're shooting slimes. Oh my gosh, you're sh- shooting slimes, overhead viewing, and controlling the rockets, entirely face, shoulder, shoulder buttons. Oh. I guess you're just shooting enemies in between <laughs> with your slimes. I don't know. Something that's, like that. That's really weird, but sounds interesting. It sounds like a yeah. Nintendo DS game too, because a lot of a lot of companies decided to try all kinds of crazy stuff with the Nintendo DS. Like that if they had a crazy idea, they put it on the Nintendo DS. That was mm-hmm. what they did. They had a great score too, 83 on Metacritic. So nice. It's pretty good. Um, Yeah. It is a sequel to Slime Mori Mori Dragon Quest, Shogeki no Shippuden for the GBA. (laughs) Sure. So that sounds, that sounds like a Japanese, a Japanese only game title. If I've ever heard of one. Definitely. (laughs) But Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime came out in North America, uh, late 2006. I'm sure the first one didn't though, but Next up, we got Quagmire in the Discord who says, I really enjoyed Tokyo Mirage Sessions as a spinoff to Shin Megami Tensei and yeah. Fire Emblem. I love the combat system. I, I, I know we've talked about that one a lot on the show. That's why I didn't want to bring that one up in particular. Yeah. But that one's a really good one, too. Um, and it's definitely Great up one. there. Like I said, I think Shin Megami Tensei, besides Persona, I think it has like a lot of really good spinoffs between, you know, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Soul Hackers 2, um, like, the devil summoner games, the digital devil saw games. Yep. Like there's a really, a lot of great Shimigami Tensei spinoff games to choose from. So that's all right. Hold on question for you, Ryan. Do you think Xbox showcase TGS soul hackers to announce for game pass? No, it's is, too soon. It, it, it's too soon. Interesting. I know they're going to release game Japanese focus games, right? At this showcase. Yeah, we'll I probably see a couple the of them back. just like last year because we saw because that's when, okay. you know, Scarlet Nexus came when uh, the Somnium Files came. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like Danganronpa 3 um, oh, or yeah. Danganronpa sure. V3 because that's not out on Xbox yet. Um, but we have the right. first two. Um, so I imagine we probably get that there. Um, I, I imagine from that showcase, we also get 
I don't know, maybe that's where we get triangle strategy actually on Xbox or bravely default that, on Xbox. That's possible. Yeah. Because yeah. we've seen that too. Them take that the risk sequel to about. AI insomnium files, right? Yeah, they Nirvana, could do Nirvana whatever. initiative, the new one. They yeah, could no, do that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's also the possibility cool. that this is where we hear about Tales of Arise finally coming to Game Pass as well. <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah. That would that would be a good uh I good thought it might have happened there. sooner, but you know, that maybe maybe, you know, a year and a half was the amount of time it needed to get there. But definitely. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. And then we got two more questions that kind of have to do a spin-off, but not really. We're gonna start with Nagachaka at Nagachaka on Twitter, who says, What is your current hype levels for the upcoming remaster slash remake of Final Fantasy VII spin-off Crisis Core Reunion? It's a smash hit. Do you think Square Enix will remaster the other Final Fantasy spinoffs like Before Crisis or Dirge of Cerberus Final Fantasy 7? So and my hype levels, as I mentioned before, Nagachaka are you know pretty high for Crisis Core Reunion. I'm very excited for it. Again, I love the PSP one. Um, and this just gets it into more hands for people to be able to play because it's pretty much coming out on every console under the sun, including on Xbox, where I'm, I'm excited to actually play this game on xbox like that's where i'm going to be probably picking this one up Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think if this does well will they bring the other games though before crisis and dirge of cerebrus probably not i don't i don't think that's going to indicate those coming over especially like a game like dirge of cerebrus specifically because it's it's, that for folks that don't know it's a third person action shooter similar to something like devil may cry starring vincent valentine uh but it controlled horribly on playstation 2 and it was just oh, not no. a very good PlayStation 2 game. It had a cool story, but everything else about that game was awful. So um, oh. I, I don't know if they, br- they, they, they that would require a lot of work for them to bring that one over. It's, uh, but you never know. They're bringing a lot of Final Fantasy 7 stuff back. So maybe maybe Dirge of Cerberus gets pulled up into it. I guess it kind of depends on like how integral the knowledge of the Dirge of Cerberus story is going to be needed to understand what they're doing, what direction they're going with, with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because I think the reason why they're doing Crisis Core is because, you know, Zack's story from Crisis Core is going to play a lot more into the second chapter of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I think it makes sense for them to put that out. Um, Whereas Dirge of Circuit Repress is actually a sequel to Final Fantasy VII and it takes place after the story. So I don't know how necessary it is. Um, And that's why I'm less inclined to think if they do that and and before crisis 2 kind of fills in it falls in the same camp where it just it depends on if the before crisis story is needed to know for you know final fantasy 7 remake part 3 or whatever but we'll see and garrett of course i know you haven't played any cool. of this game so i'm not gonna ask your opinion on them uh no comment no comment uh, we'll play games <laughs> yes all right last question is a big hypothetical one this comes to us once again from blaze knight who stated uh, he started to do shoutouts to awesome spinoffs games, but he realized that we probably will cover almost every spinoff game that he was going to talk about. So instead, he was going to ask us a question. If you could pick a console to get all of the JRPGs remade for modern consoles or PC, which console mm-hmm. would you pick? A caveat would be the remakes on that system that already exists on the system wouldn't count. So example, um, if you've got, you know, the, the PS one and like the lunar remakes, for example, wouldn't come over to this. If we were to port all the PlayStation one games over. Got it. So that's kind of the idea. Or likewise, the NES games, uh, the NES final fantasy games that are appear on PlayStation one wouldn't come over if we picked, you know, PlayStation one to come over. So, um, Garrett, to give you time to think about this one, you know, I had some time to think about this one before, 
before sure, getting started it. on this one. And I'm, I'm going to say the most Ryan Turford answer out there. You, you could probably even guess already what I'm going to say. Oh, this yeah. question. Cause I, cause in my mind, in my mind's eye, Garrett, as I, as I peer into my mind's eye and, you know, think about what I should do about this, it goes in one of two directions because uh, I think there were two really great consoles for RPGs that people just missed out on because those consoles were prohibitively expensive or they came out at the wrong time. And I think those would be the perfect consoles to get their entire slate of RPGs to modern platforms. So I'm actually going to throw a curveball here because normally I I think... My default answer to this question would probably be Sega CD because everyone kind of knows yeah. how I feel about Sega CD at this point. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a curveball in here and say Sega Saturn. I want all the RPGs that, number one, uh, exist on Sega Saturn to be ported to modern consoles with North American localization. That's a key here. North American localization for all the RPGs on Sega Saturn. That includes Magic Knight Rayarth. That includes Panzer Dragon Saga. That includes all of the Shining Force 3 games because there's three of them. Um, we need all these Sega Saturn games to come back. And Sega Saturn is already an expensive enough console to collect for. And if you want the RPGs, it's even more expensive. So um, I, I think, you know, this is this is, would be my pick is Sega Saturn. But Sega CD, you know, is, is my runner up here. It's what I would pick because, again, like I wanted to like for a question like this, it makes the most sense to pick a console that has great RPGs on it that we just don't have access to on modern consoles. But Garrett, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it to you now, now that I've explained my case and given you some time to think, what do you think, we, think about Blaze Knight's question? Yeah, it's a very good question. The two consoles that really I focus on uh, with this question is either going to be NES or SNES. And just because I rarely go back to those systems for role-playing games, other than, of course, the Sega Genesis, Sega Saturn, and whatever, but I really yeah. wanted to... I, I really do want to explore more of those role-playing games, although I just don't really want to go back to those kind of... I, I wouldn't say, like, old mechanics, per se. It's just, like, I in my mind, like, it, they are dated... Like, right. I understand they don't have all the modern quips like, I don't know, like uh, save points or like a kind of a direction per se. Um, but yeah, I would like either of those two consoles and uh, maybe SNES more than anything, because there's a lot of role playing games in there that I just have not played and I probably wouldn't play. Yeah. Um, and that falls in the camp, too, where there's a lot of them that aren't on modern consoles, too. Like I talked about the yeah. Lufia games. Not too long ago, like those are in yeah. there. Illusion of Gaia, Seeker of Evermore. Like there's a lot of games on that console that are just kind of stranded there as well. For sure. Yeah. So I, I think um, SNES would be my pick. Um, other th- other games I'm thinking of, GBA, but I think those are pretty accessible. At yeah. least how, how I'm playing. Especially them. So on I'm Wii U like t- specifically. Like it, Wii U Virtual yeah. Console, believe it or not, actually had a lot of GBA role playing games. Like it has oh, like, a lot of the best ones, if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. and then other than that ps1 is a big top contender as well just because it's just it, the textures in it is pretty dated right now like porting those like a lot of those role-playing games over mm. um with modern quips would be uh, updated textures would be really nice to see um yeah. but i might my, my first and foremost pick i think is snes because i think it has a lot of great role-playing games i just will never get to 
if that makes sense, or, or never uh, touch unless it's like ported over to a modern console. Yeah, like you're not going to dig out. You're not going to be like mere Rebecca and pulling out your Super Nintendo right. and hooking up your TV and throwing the cartridges in there. That's that's not Garrett exactly. Blaine's style. No. No. Yeah, that's a good one too, actually. Because again, like you said, there's a lot of stranded games there. Like another console I would have maybe thrown in there was even say Genesis, but a lot of those games we've been getting those pretty recently. So I don't even think I need to, you know, shout out my boy, the Sega Genesis, um, in this one here. And of course, you know, rival flavors in the chat just says, you know, apparently <laughs> we just want the Zelda two remake. And that's absolutely correct. Of course we need that game. That would be cool. And I would actually play that Zelda game. Actually, like, we talked about it. Go through it. <laughs> we, Sean and I actually talked about this on our Patreon exclusive podcast this week. Um, the Yumi Capri podcast, um, yeah. where we talked about the idea of bringing back some old games with some new, like new style, like a like a remake of old games or sequels to old games, and one of the mm. ones I actually brought up was Zelda too. Like I love, I I would have would love the idea of them doing something like Link Between Worlds, but with Zelda too, which is which, so yeah. like where where they make a sequel to it in that style, but then give it like modern gameplay conveniences. I think like people would actually really enjoy that game a lot, um, even though it's mm. different from other Zelda games. I think that would actually be like mm. a really good game. Um, Definitely. it's the same thing I've been saying to, you know, uh, tech about all these years, how they haven't, you know, they, they should go back and make an old Ninja Gaiden game because, you know, that sabotage the studio that it did the messenger proved that that style still works. Fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, old franchises I would love to see like that. And plus Garrett, you know, if you got your wish about the NES coming back, you'd be able to get ghost lion again, that game we talked about a while ago with that amazing box art of the aerobics instructor and oh, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, <laughs> on the front. Oh man. Oh, that'd be so good. That's the icon of the early nineties, late eighties. Clearly, Ghost except for Lion. the fact that that game, that game came out in 1994. So oh, that's, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know either. Cover. Cause it's the most like eighties box art ever, but it was one of the last games to ever come out on the nes <laughs> so interesting there you go well so anyways garrett we gotta go but before we go garrett let's go uh you can follow me on twitter at blind explosion you can also find me on the nintendo shack part of the play some video games podcast network where we're live each and every fridays now Ooh. uh friday nights over at torch.tv slash psvg and release on all the the podcast services and we're live on youtube and facebook as well apparently apparently um so yeah and so go check us out there um and then you can just follow me whenever i stream twitch.tv slash p uh blind explosion um nice. i don't i haven't streamed as much recently but yeah i i i will i will set a schedule maybe after my trip uh, I will be definitely more regular times uh, for That's streaming. True. We so, haven't mentioned it yet, but anyways. Garrett's actually going on a trip to Europe in a few weeks. So we're going to yeah. be we're going to be missing Garrett for a few weeks. But don't worry, folks, we're going to still have some RPG goodness while Garrett's away. But as, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. I'm tweeting again. So you can go head on over Yay. there. Um, also, we might have uh, some stuff on the channel before next episode to watch out for wink wink but um also you can find us on twitter at carpool gaming you also find us right here on youtube youtube.com slash carpool gaming on podcast services around the globe so for garrett bland i'm ryan turford this has been the nintendo 64th level of the rpg cave nice and we're out Bye bye
The RPG Caves Mana is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. And we want to say thank you to all of our ultimate producers, starting with Tony Baker from the Quest for Pixels podcast. Please subscribe to them over on youtube.com slash Quest for Pixels today. Dallas Ford, the co-host of The Blame Game. Support Dallas over on YouTube and get those guys up over 100 subs. Emily O'Kelly, Trucker Sloth, Robbie Bobby Miller, Jonathan Brown, whose new album In My Element is available now on Spotify and Apple Music. Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and Skinny Matt, who is currently hosting Carpool Gaming Community Game Nights. Please follow him over on twitch.tv slash skinny Matt. All the links for all of our ultimate producers can be found in the show notes, so please make sure to support them like they've supported us. Also, thanks to our platinum producers, Brendan Myers, Marcus McCracken, Becky Rubin Navarro, and RJ Kern, and our gold members, Anna W., Argo, Cicely Carroza, Dallas Robbins, Drellish, Foolish Fuji, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Nagachaka, The Snack Network, and Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots. 